Hello, Texans. Welcome to the program here on the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer with you with the Reporters Roundtable to kick it off with Johnny Harris, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. The gang's all here like we were last week. We decided to do it again, get the band together one more time for a farewell tour. And it's not a farewell tour. No, I'm thinking farewell tour because Tyler Sudarth, our videographer, is into Leonard Skinner. You guys had a whole conversation that I was privy to. They're today. having a huge <laughs> farewell tour for the like tenth year in a row. Kiss is having a farewell tour, and they with will or have, without makeup. They no with makeup for oh, sure. No one wants to see. Right now, no one wants to see them without makeup. They oh tried it gosh. once. I don't. Their think they last two shows are going to be in December at Madison Square Garden until they do their next farewell tour. So we're going to have another farewell tour next week. Anyway. How's it going, guys? Everybody ready? It's good. Good. We're ready. All right. Well, we had rookie minicamp. We had the schedule come out. We had a lot of things happen between last time we got together and this time, including but not limited to NFL on CBS tweeting out projected records of the AFC South of all the divisions, really. But this is the one we care about the most. So let's get to this right off the bat before we talk about rookies, schedule, other things. Although schedule will factor into this conversation. NFL, CBS. Projected records, AFC South. The winner of the division is the Jaguars at 11 and 6. Second place, here's the upset Texans, 7 and 10 record. I don't like the record, but I like second place right now from where we sit. Then it's the Titans at 6 and 11 and the Colts at 4 and 13. Drew Doherty, reaction. You brought this up in an interesting manner on a text message, a text thread with the four of us last night. Oh, yeah. And the question was, or maybe it was John, but it was... Yeah, it was me. It was, it was John. You want me to... Go ahead right here. You want blind, me to... Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay, here's, here's the question. I sent you guys two of the graphics. Um, for some reason, they had the, the NFC South, the AFC South, but then they had the NFC North and the AFC, uh, NFC West. I don't know how they did all that. But anyways, I sent you this, and I said, y'all taking this right now. You don't know anything else. Mm. Players got hurt. Um... D'Amico got locked in a closet and didn't coach the year. Um, Drew had to step in to be the offensive coordinator. You don't know anything that happened to the team other than at the end of 18 weeks, this team was 7-10. and 10. Are y'all taking it? I like that one better. Never mind your general reaction. Are you going to take it? Door number one? No, I want to win, man. I want more. Give me, give me, give me. I'm like Spalding from Caddyshack. I want a hot dog. I want a hamburger. I want a pony ride. I want as many wins as possible. That's what I want. All right, so you'll take the unknown over the 7 and 10 guarantee. Absolutely, let's go. Second place finish in the division. I can, there's a part of me that looks at that and goes, you know what? What if we're 7 and 0? Oh, and you know it's 7 and 10. <laughs> I mean, that would make the next 11 well, weeks pretty miserable. That was going to be mine, actually. Can you lay out where the 7 occur? No. Because if no, it's like just, every it's other seven, week and then every th- two weeks or whatever. 7 and 10. But I also don't want to start off 0 and 10. <laughs> just to yeah. win 7 there's, in a row. There's that, too. I don't oh, want that. Yeah. I don't Although want that there'd either. Be a, there'd be a lot of excitement. <laughs> Again, you get to week 11, you're like, Nobody would be around to run. watch it if we lost 10 in a row to start off the all season. You know, all you know, <laughs> 7 and 10. That's it. You know, I would... Like in a bubble, in a vacuum, you, you look at the, the, the roster, it's a young team, new head coach. Seven and ten isn't awful. I'm with Drew. I do want I want to be closer to that five hundred mark. Like I don't think that's being overly greedy. But what bugs me is the Jaguars at eleven and six. Seeing that <laughs> makes me not accept seven and ten. Because I cannot accept that the Jaguars would win eleven games. I just can't. So no, I'm not taking it. I kinda like that answer. I really do. I just can't accept that. That was literally I my mean, first you're really reaction. only one game away from being eight and nine. 
which is roughly that sounds pretty good. You're one game J- away from that. But the Jags so, with 11 wins, I don't like. Any do you of trust this. the Jags to beat the Chiefs this year? Wait, stop. You said, do I trust the Jags? Just that's exactly no. But that's they, they got to play each Full of the stop. division winners. You yeah, know? yeah. Remember, that. and they got to play the Niners. They got to play the Niners. The Niners mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bills. And the Chiefs. I don't see them getting to the season with only six losses. I just don't see this in them. I think more than likely, if they're going to win the division, it's nine and eight, ten and seven, that kind of thing. Eleven and six seems a little too robust for me yeah. for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They took some losses, and did they improve their team? Maybe we'll see. But I think they took more hits than gains. Now, year three with Trevor Lawrence, you would think they'd be better, but everyone's assuming that they're going to pick up where they left off, which was the second half against the Chargers, never mind the first half or the most of the entire game against the Tennessee Titans until they fumbled that AFC South championship away. I'm going to quote you. What did you say about the 2022 Texans as opposed to the 2021 Texans? I said, said, say it. Better team, worse or same or worse record possibly. I didn't think worse, actually. I just thought they could be a lot better, but the record might not be a lot better because the games are more competitive. Mm. That's what I think this is for the Jaguars. Okay. I think it's nine and eight. I think the record's going to be about the same, but they've got to play those three teams in particular. I think the division will be a little bit better. One of the three of us, be it Texans, Colts, Titans, one of those teams is going to be in the mix, and hopefully CBS Sports says it's us. Honestly, being in a mix, but that that game's going to be much more difficult for the Jaguars than it would be just three, you know, you know, number 30, 31, 32 in the league sort of teams. I think that's the case. What you said about the Texans, I think, is the Jaguars. I think they could be a better overall football team because Lawrence is better. The overall product improves. They're in the second year, Doug Peterson, everything you just said. But because the schedule is that much more difficult, because of those three teams they got to play, they got to play a first-place schedule, that's that's rough. Mm -hmm. That's tough. I think they could very easily lose all three of those games. Did this come out after the draft? CBS put these rankings out after? this was just yesterday, yeah. Okay, because weren't we talking about – Somebody else had put out like an over under on the draft. That's what I was saying earlier. This was back before in before the draft. Uh, before yeah. the draft, out in Vegas, the Jags over under number was eleven and a half, which is when I saw that I thought <laughs> I was like, I, I gotta go find somebody Sorry. with money because I'm going under. But then I realized I can't do it because I'm with the NFL <laughs> yeah. team, so I can't do it. I would fire the under on that all day long. Um, then after the draft, which I thought was odd because they drafted a tackle. There's nothing really sexy. But they dropped the number, not a half game or a game, two full games. Yeah. They dropped it to nine and a half. Because they finally looked at the schedule. Right. And they oh. looked well, at the Well, the schedule wasn't out yet. The schedule hadn't been out yet. But, but they, they realized looked, who they were playing. Yeah, the yeah. opponents. Mm-hmm. And I'm being facetious, but looking at the other teams in the division and who they got, and you're going to lose. If you're the Jaguars, you're going to lose some games in the division. All right? This is tough. The division's always difficult. Uh, what about which, which surprises us more? Texans at seven and ten, Colts at four and thirteen, or the Jags at eleven and six. I think we already read the Jags situation, but what about the Colts being at the bottom, the very bottom of the AFC South in this CBS projection reaction? I'm still, I'm still wondering about their quarterback spot because while Richardson is very tantalizing and he's got a lot of talent, it's a big jump going from what he's done mm. at Florida to playing in the NFL. So I, yeah, I think that's a pretty I kind of think that's a conservative estimate, four wins. Now, I could see a little bit more, but, yeah, I think that's kind of spot on. So it doesn't really surprise me all that much. None of those predictions really surprise me all that much. I do think, I guess if I had to rank the surprises, 
Jaguars would be first. I do think it's going to be more of a nine and eight kind of ten and seven type of situation for them. But yeah, I, I think that's about about right. Now, full disclosure. With Matt Ryan last year, I thought, oh, this is going to be the Colts' division to lose. I thought they're going to roll. It's going to be easy for these guys because I thought the Titans would take a step back. They did. And I thought the Texans were still on the way, and they were. But, uh, yeah, I didn't see what I didn't see the, the Colts just being the dumpster fire that they wound up being last year. I think the 6-11 and 11 for the Titans is kind of surprising. I feel like the Titans have a lot of issues heading into the season. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line, it's I mean, I know they drafted a good <laughs> – so sad about this. I mean, losing Ben Jones, losing Taylor Lewan, and I think Tannehill – Nate I mean, Davis, too. And, and they lose 60% of the offensive they, line. They've lost year. their offensive line. You've got Tannehill. Derrick Henry, we've seen what's happened to him over the course of the past few years. He's been ground, grounded younger. and pounded. He's not getting any younger. Um, they finished the season with a seven-game losing streak. They've got a brand-new coaching staff. I mean, the way they ended last season was on such a downward spiral that I just don't really – I don't know if they've done enough to sort of mitigate the changes that they need to to get back on the uptick. And I just don't see them finishing that close to the Texans, honestly. I feel I like they're headed the, in a different direction. I think these numbers are flipped. They should be flipped. I think the Colts kind should of, be 6-11. Right? and 11. I think the Titans should be 4-13. and 13. Yeah, I'm, I'm, That's kind of the way that I see it. Yeah. Here's the other thing, too. How many tryout players did they sign, Johnny? I found that five, unusual. Five I know or six. I know they're not I signing. I actually them. called a game with one of the guys they signed <laughs> from Northern Arizona. Wait, with or he featuring he him? Was in, he was in the game. I, I can't. I have to go back and look at my notes. And I just saw LJ Davis, Northern Arizona. I was like, wait, I did Northern Arizona game against Sam last year. So they signed him. So I'll, I want to be clear. It's not that. This is the 53-man roster with these tryout players, but it's still kind of unusual to sign that many tryout players on your 90. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I say this in the nicest way possible, but what the national media thought about us, every move we made was weird for three years or whatever the case might be, that I think is the way we're now looking at Tennessee because that was weird. what they just things they've done kind of strange. Like you watched them during the draft, and the draft camera was on Vrabel and Rand Carthon, and they're waving at the camera like they're you know trolling people. I mean, it just it's things are weird going on in Tennessee. You hear uh, Ryan Tannehill talk about his wide receivers uh, at the press conference, and he's like, eh, yeah, "It is what it is." Basically, is what he said. And I'm like, things are just strange. What about Burks and the comment on the Tim Kelly offense? He basically said, oh, yeah, this is this reminds me of going back to my days with Kendall Bryles in Arkansas my sophomore year in college, you know, with the tempo and everything. And we went, wait, what? The tempo? Like, when did we run tempo on offense anytime from 14 through 2020? We didn't. Here's the thing that worries me, though. There, there's, one, there's one aspect that I do not want the Indianapolis Colts to have. One. And if they finish 4-13, there's a great chance for, that to, for them to get Marvin Harrison Jr. And we've got to watch the Colts oh, with Marvin Harrison <laughs> no, Jr. for no, the next dozen years. No, So I, I'd like this to flip. I'd rather see Marvin Harrison Jr. in Tennessee than I would in Indianapolis. Well, but at hey, 4-13, the Colts will be drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. Hey, that Jr. also gets you kind of in closer territory to one of the great quarterbacks, too. And I know they just took one. Yeah, true. But would you, if you flame out like that, would you be averse to taking Caleb Williams? You'd have to flame all the way yeah, to getting I mean, number one. Can you imagine? It's really though? hard to get the number one pick, which is what makes me laugh when when people say, "Oh, that's what I'm saying." They're just going to get. The, it's like it's really, really hard to get. If the it goes pick. worse than four and thirteen, <laughs> but there are going to be other teams that are way worse. No, Should if it goes be, worse than four and thirteen, 
I mean, there. If you, you lose, could, if you you lose like sixteen games or oh, if the Colts that's lose, that's yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't see them being that bad. I mean, I, I think, think a lot, more a lot, a lot depends on you know what they see from Richardson this year and and how they try and tailor the game plan around yeah. him. They might finish one and sixteen, but they might look at the offense and go, wait a second, I think we've kind of found something here. We got the number one or number two pick. Let's go get a boatload of picks because people are going to give up a premium to go get up, get yeah. Caleb Williams, to get Drake May, to maybe even get Michael Penix, et cetera. So they're going to be quarterbacks to get up for. But at some point, they've got to make those picks. Well, if that offense struggles and it's not really Anthony Richardson's fault, then it probably means that they need another playmaker and that couldn't be Marvin Harrison Jr. And I just that that's the only thing I just don't want that to happen. I just don't want that to happen. To watch that guy, that his his son tearing it up and i think his son is better than he was i won't like this at all but we've been through a lot johnny <laughs> so true. i'll get over that part of it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just just right. send me in the right direction Fine. with this franchise which we are in the right and then direction in the first game franchise. he scores three touchdowns against the texans and then you'll realize i will not be happy yeah yeah i'll put him on the list with ty hilton and derrick Trevor henry Morris. peyton manning all those people okay let's get to this now Rookies, rookie camp in the books, OTAs in progress, whatever phase they're in. They're doing some practicing stuff. We're going to see them next week. But pick a rookie not named C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson Jr., somebody that you have your eye on, you're excited about, that you learned maybe something more about since we last talked, Drew. Uh, John and I talked about this on In the Lab, but we saw his numbers height and weight-wise, and that instantly put one idea in my head. But then when I saw him in a Texans uniform with other professional football players, Tank Dell did not look tiny. Hmm. He looked like he belonged. You know okay. what I mean? I'm not saying he was big and brawny or anything by any means, but he did not look Lilliputian like I was kind of conditioned to think he would be. And he looked he looked good. You know, it's, it's May. It's not yeah. much going on, but... All in all, he looked like he belonged there, is what I was saying. And I, I know that sounds kind of weird, but I was thinking going in, oh, this guy's going to be tiny. Mm-hmm. He's going to be lithe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he looked he looked fine to me. Yep. DB. I know that Drew's always going to pick Tank Dell for all these rookie Booyah. questions. I already yeah. know that. So I'm not, I knew I wasn't going to say Tank Dell, but I actually did a Meet the Rookie. I'm doing a Meet the Rookie series, and today was Henry Toa Toa. So I actually liked what I learned about him. I mean, 43 tackles for loss. Since 2020, that's the most by any defender in the SEC. I think him, next to Christian Harris, the two have been playing together during their time at Alabama. I'm excited to see how uh, the two of them play uh, for the linebacking core and how the Texans can stop the run with those two. And Will Anderson up front. And Will Anderson up front. I mean, it's basically the Bama defense. But uh, I like like the two of those because I think for a period of years, we've really struggled at the linebacker spot, you know, either whether it's through injuries or – or whatnot, guys not working out. I, I'm excited about Toa Toa. Johnny? You guys always leave the linemen for me to have to handle and oh, talk no. about. No. Scruggs? I yeah, tried to I go mean, different. I, I went in a different direction, Johnny. No, you, I'm, I'm glad you picked okay. him. The photos I'm kidding. The photos <laughs> we've posted of Scruggs are getting a lot of attention. He's very know? photogenic. Yeah, he, I mean, he yeah. looks good. He's he got the great. arm. He's got the tats. He looks strong. <laughs> like who can, It's rookie camp without pads, and he's the only center. No, if, we also have. I'll say this. If, you know, listen to his press conference. I mean, obviously, I see him up there, so I know that voice is coming out of his mouth but i would have thought <laughs> i would have thought his vo- his voice just doesn't match him or his playing mm-hmm. style like i imagine him to walk up there and sounding like you know sounding like somebody from ohio pennsylvania has been on like three packs a day and it's just kind of rough and grind right? and he's kind of got this angelic 
light <laughs> voice. I'm like, that just doesn't fit. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the 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 you know juice up front. You know, Jared Patterson's bigger than I expect. I remember seeing him at the Senior Bowl. I thought I just remember seeing him being lighter. He just looked like he's even more filled out. So I, I think from a lineman perspective, it's going to be interesting to see. The one thing that did stand out was amongst the rookies. How are they going to divvy up? Like, where do they line up? And Patterson and Scruggs were the two I was, was keeping an eye on. And Scruggs took, of what we saw, he took every center rep. And Patterson was at guard. Mm. And that, that fit for where they played in 2022 at Notre Dame. Patterson played guard, although he had played three years of center prior to that, and Scruggs played center. But there was some talk after the draft. I remember Nick saying, hey, Scruggs could play guard and Patterson can play center. When they lined up, of what we saw, Scruggs was at center and Patterson was at guard. And I, I, my, my guess is that's the way it should stay, and I'd like to see it stay that way. But, you know, those two guys look pretty good on a hoof, as, as I like to say. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, look, getting excited about C.J. Stroud throwing to Tank Dell. You know, Henry Toa Toa, who I think is one of the smartest football players I studied, he's, in, he's incredible. Um, so having him here, and the story, I've I, I probably told this before, but when you brought up Henry Toa Toa, it made me think about it, D.P., because when you said he had more TFLs, in the SEC, he did it at two different schools. That's right. Yeah. And so at 2020, he did it. He started at Tennessee, but then he went to Alabama at 21. So even when Christian Harris, Christian Harris's last year was 21, there I was talking to one of our scouts, maybe James Lipford, I can't remember. We were talking about different things, and got to, he I think he had just been at Tuscaloosa, and he said, "Hey, Henry Toa Toa," and I knew the name. I mean, I knew all about him because he'd been at Tennessee. And he goes, "We're three or four days into into camp, and he's already." taking over the defense like he's making all the calls he's mm. basically the, the green dot for um for the defense even though they don't have it but he's the leader he's calling everything that's with christian harris on the field the guy that had started the year before so he had been the leader at two different sec schools so so and, and, okay, and that's, was that, what, wait, and wait, that's wait, what d'amico liked about him in and fact. he was the personal protector on putt team right but let me ask you as this a, as a three-year starter in the league because right after he gets drafted we hear all this, mm, he's not a good athlete, da, 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 da. How much does being so smart, as smart as he is, how much does that kind of overcompensate for things and make up? Like, because if he's that smart, able to get on the field at two different places, one of, one of which is Nick Saban's defense, yeah. I mean, surely that bodes well for his future. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, I think intelligence takes you a whole lot further in this game than people want to admit. And, you know, we've always, all seen that at the Combine where they do the – when they have, like, three or four people. I can't remember what's that called – when they have like three, they they're like superimposed on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, running the, the forty or whatever. Yeah, and you can see like the difference between one guy and I was like, that's not a big difference, but time wise, like that guy ran a four five and they ran a four seven. It's the difference is like a foot and a half. Sure, you make that up with your smarts. Yeah, mm. the way you read things, angles. how quick you are reading angles, knowing what the play is. And I'll go back to another Toto story. This was against Cincinnati in the, in the playoff game uh, in twenty one when Christian Harris was right there, it was still there. So Cincinnati lined up, they're getting ready to snap the ball, and I watched Toa Toa, and at some point he looks over, he gets Harris's attention. He's, like, trying to get his attention, so he's moving his hand, and he stops for a second, and he points over to the left. And you see Harris nod. And I'd be damned if they didn't run the ball right mm -hmm. where Toa Toa thought they were going. Toa Toa took on the block. Harris came in and cleaned it up for the tackle, and I thought, let me run that back. Did I see what I uh, – I was like – he just told him where that ball was going and then gave himself up to go on a block and let Harris go make the play, which is exactly what that defense is, you know, what, what that scheme on that play was supposed to do. And I thought, man, 
that's pretty good. And I went back and I watched. Did he see something in other play? No, that was that was a new play that I hadn't seen up to that point in the game from Cincinnati. And he deciphered it. He got his attention. He pointed to where the ball was going, and the ball went right there. I and like this. Play. It I'm was liking fun. this. It was Toa really, Toa. really cool. <laughs> I'd love, I would much rather have a guy smart at 4'6", four, 4'7", four, than have a just rum-dum who can run 4'4". Four, four. Because that guy can get into the ball. Of course. Of Not course. Knowing where it's going. Look, that's why Ray Lewis was able to play so late in his career. Couldn't run anymore, but he knew where the ball was going. Who? I'm not Ray Lewis. Oh, Ray Lewis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, let's get to this now. Oh, wait a minute. I've got to give you my guy. Xavier Valade is my player, the running back from Arizona State, undrafted free agent, top 55 all-time NCAA rushing mm-hmm. list. In the last 10 years, he's a top 10 runner. NCAA. Now, a lot of guys don't stay in school that long. I get it, whatever. But it's notable to me, Wyoming and Arizona State. And look, I don't know. We're just watching guys running running around in shorts out there right now at the rookie minicamp. But I like what I saw so far. I like what I see on the resume. And we'll see if he fits in. I think there's room in that running back room. Okay. D'Amico said he wants to run it by committee. Now, he wants Pierce to be the head of that committee. But it's still... Need some input from the other committee members. And we'll see about Singletary and Valade and Dare and anybody else who's around. All right. Schedule. It came out last week. We don't want to belabor the point. But since we have all of us together here, Reporters Roundtable, Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu, John Harris, and me, let's do this. Schedule. Comment, concern, or complaint? Go. What do you got? Love that you're banging out the NFC South all at once in a month in the middle of the season. Okay. You like weird. that? I like that, yeah. All right. Weird, but good. Yes. Good weird. Great weird. And by the way, in this CBS on NFL or NFL on CBS or whatever it is, Twitter projection of the records, they actually picked the Atlanta Red Stallions to finish first. <laughs> uh, they're actually the Falcons, but the Red Stallions, that's because of the schedule Rawr. video. Don't make me explain it. Mm-hmm. Rawr. 10 and 7. <laughs> Panthers 8 and 9. Saints 7 and 10. Bucks 5 and 12. That's their projection. See, from the outside looking in at that one, I'm saying I don't see the Bucks with only five, yeah. and I think the Saints are going to be better than the Panthers. Wait, you think the Bu- you think the Bucks are going to win more than five? Yeah, I think they'll win more than five. Oh, I thought that was and, generous. And I think the Falcons. Wow. I don't see the Red Stallions winning ten. I think this is one of those nine and eight wins the division divisions, and it could be the Panthers. The Falcons are the most overall talented team in that division, but I think it could be the Saints. You think so? Overall. I think that I, th- Most I, I, would, Who's the quarterback? I think that's the toughest under the radar game on the schedule is the Falcons. I feel, I feel like I'm that's glad that game. Oh, that's it's going to be there. The middle of the God. season. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, tough. Hey, you're due between for a win Kyle, in Atlanta. Between Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson, if those three are all healthy, right? Holy cow! Desmond Ritter can't screw that up. It's only and the Corey third Earl trip Patterson. in the history of the franchise to Atlanta. And, I mean, they they added Jeff Okuda at corner. They already had uh, A.J. Terrell. I mean, I, I'm just – Jesse Bates. Jesse, Jesse Bates, Bates signing at, at safety, so that's going to be – Quarterback. Atlanta game. Yes, it's – but if Desmond Ritter just keeps selling the tracks. And they signed Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Look, you get – I'm not saying it's not a tough game for this team. They're all tough for every team. I They're think it's all an tough. Under, under the radar tough is what I yeah, – no, I think it, it's, it's easy to overlook them because of the record I think year. it's – not exactly bold to pick them as the division winner. A lot of people will. I still see the Saints, but that's just me. I think it's going to be very tight with those top three. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, schedule, complaint, comment, concern, DP. 
I, I mean, I don't like starting the season at Baltimore. Yeah. I, I don't. That's. I think that's the one that really bugs me. I mean, I know you got to play Baltimore at some point, but Lamar Jackson just signed this fat contract. I mean, it's going to be a great day for them. And I, I just kind of really wanted to open up the season at home with D'Amico Ryan's and. You know, let the the fans are so excited. I know it's only week two that they're gonna have to wait to come back home, but I, I think that I, I would have loved to start the season at home, which is something the Texans usually do. And I think for a first time head coach, it'd be nice to have had the first game be at home. Only the eighth road opener in the history of I the know. franchise in twenty two years of football. That's weird. They've always seemed to open at home. Strange. Going to Baltimore, Lamar and done Jackson, well. and yeah, done well opening tough. at home. Johnny, complaint, comment, concern, schedule. Really nothing. I mean, as soon as I saw it, it was like, all right, no primetime games. All right. Games are all at noon. Cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, that honestly was my feeling about it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any – I mean, we knew we were playing, and since there were no primetime games or like, oh, what we got all of our holiday games here, Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, and New Year's. All They're all here. So that's good for, I guess, family and, and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, it was like, all right, we got a 305 game against the Broncos and – Everything else is at noon. Let's see if we can flip one of these and be good enough to flip one of these maybe at the end of the year, but we'll see. The inside stuff on the schedule related to holidays is that everybody else in the organization hates having the holiday games at home because they'd rather just watch the team on TV, right? You have a huge amount of people working a home game no matter what the situation is. Listen, nobody can complain other than I think the Patriots and the Broncos were playing Christmas Eve night. I think that is just the worst. I think it's tough to play Christmas Day because if you're the road team, you definitely miss all of it. But, I mean, all those people that have to work, and it's not just us. I think the people that work concessions and work in the stadium, like, I think it's – I think it's just really hard on everybody. To it's have tough. To work it's tough to staff the game. Because to staff a game and to have it, you know, I think for the fans it might be fun, but I, I feel bad for the people that actually have to work. So I think, correct me if you guys have already talked about this, but when the Texans have opened the season on the road – Let's go back and think about the last few times they've done it. 20 at KC, Patrick Mahomes quarterback. 19 That was 21. No, that was 20. 20. I'm sorry, go ahead. 19, 19 Drew Brees. at New Orleans, Drew Brees. Yeah. 18 at New England, Tom Brady. Before that, what, 13 Phillip at Rivers. San Diego. I, I wrote about this. Okay, six you wrote about killer this. quarterbacks. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's all right. Six killer quarterbacks in the last yeah. six road openers, and they won one of them against Rivers. What was so? What was before Rivers? Thirteen, and then you got to go back to eight. eight. It was Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Goodness gracious! Wow. Yeah, that was tough. But before that, it was whoever was starting for Buffalo in 05. Was that JP Lossman? I don't know, but they didn't win that game. And in 03, you beat Miami with Jay Fiedler and Ricky Williams running the ball. Though that's, I mean, all those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Rivers will be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. If he continues, Rivers not going to Hall of Fame. You don't think he's going to Hall of Fame, Mike Johnny? No, I don't know. I think he's Mm -mm. gonna, man. I think he gets. It might take a while, like Warren Moon, but I think he's got a shot. No, I'll I'll give, I'll give you that. I think he's got a shot. I think Moon's better, but I I think think Rivers is going to take Rivers better. Yeah, but it took a while for Moon. But but Rivers has played in two AFC Championship games. Moon never did, and I know it's give me define. Give me a defining thing about Philip Rivers. Uh, lost big Is games. <laughs> <laughs> but he won a lot of games. So there's that. Anyway, thanks a lot for the Reporters sure. Roundtable. Coming up, Johnny and I dig into some stuff, including but not limited to 
hey, the NBA lottery is going to be determined this week. Should there be one in the NFL to prevent tanking? What about what the Jags are going to do when their stadium's overhauled? What about a former quarterback who just played last year now as an analyst? That and then some here on Texans Radio. Keeping it going here on Texans Radio, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. All right, Johnny, we have a lot to get to. And some things we didn't get to yesterday, maybe you did, but I wasn't part of this. So let's start here with the lottery in progress in the NBA. In progress. Teams have been tanking. I mean, performing with poor <laughs> records, getting ready to pick you-know-who. Yes. And what, 14% chance for the 14% Rockets? 14% chance. Great. I mean, it's so not worth it. Now, I'm not saying they did it on purpose. It's so not worth it to tank. It's not. No, I, I, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. Try to agree win. Come yeah. on. It's worth it if they're going to rig it like they did for the next back when they got Patrick <laughs> Ewing. Kidding. <laughs> hey, at least we won the coin flip to get Kim Olajuwon. So that was the year before. Then they oh, I'm watching air, by the way. Oh, it's so good. I'm halfway through. I'm watching it like a miniseries in 20-minute increments because that's, that's probably, all I have time that, to that's do. That's not a bad way to go about it. I've got small kids, so yeah. this is just what happens in my viewing experience. When you finish it, I'll, I'll, I said this to Drew because Drew's seen it. There's one thing that stood out to me that I thought was really, really intriguing to me about the movie and how they went about putting it together. But we'll, when you finish your miniseries, then we'll go into thing it. thing that blew me away more than anything else so far, Jay Moore. Oh, my gosh. He walks into the room, and I'm thinking, Bob Sugar? Anyway, wait. Oh yeah, wait, Jay. Jay, it's got to be him. Who's Jay Moore? Uh, now I'm forgetting, but he's there. He's there. He's in try. it. I I remember seeing his name, but now I just watched it the other night. As John Fisher, yeah, he Jay Moore has put on some pounds. He looks bigger. I don't know if he's got a health issue or what. So I'm not going to make light of it at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a serious thing. Uh, but it's just good to see him. I like Jay Moore. I like to see him around. So uh, I yeah. don't even remember seeing him. Yeah, he's in it. All right, I got I, now. I got to go back and watch it a third time. But it's <laughs> it's it's really awesome. I mean, it's well. It, I guess the I guess his part doesn't expand much if you don't remember. So there. I was just thinking, oh Jay Moore. Anyway, uh, Matt Damon looks like he put on a little weight to play Sonny. Yeah, probably yeah. so. And uh, Ben Affleck just putting on the beard and hair or whatever. I don't know if he grew it himself, whatever, but it's fun stuff. Uh, uh, it's, I mean, it's a really good movie. I mean, there, you're right. There are a lot of really there's there's some good acting done. Um, my favorite. Have you have you gotten to have you gotten to the shoe designer yet? No. Okay. Like I'm beautiful. halfway through, so I'm He's probably fantastic. just about to get there. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll probably get yeah. there. Um, I love the Arthur Ashe commercial. It's great. Well, I think it's great for kids to see this and what, learn. What's fascinating is that David Falk, who is Jordan's agent, yeah, had only represented tennis players to that point. That's really? all he had ever done, and his client was. Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe. And so ah. they play that commercial almost as an homage in some sense. Because that's what David Falk, that's what his um, his clients were all tennis players. And so in watching The Last Dance, I remember in other documentaries about Jordan, I remember Rod Thorne saying, well, look, Falk, are you, are you trying to turn him into a tennis player? And he's like, yeah, exactly. We're trying right. to make him an individual brand in a team sport. And that was kind of the first time that anybody really thought that yeah. way. But it took Falk, who had been around tennis players, to kind of get that and push forward that thinking. So Listen, Magic and Larry did some good conference commercials. Oh, yeah, they did. I'll just say that. Oh, yeah, they, they figured it out. Mm -hmm. They figured it out. And, I, of course, you know, all those years of Larry and, Larry and, and uh, Magic changed the league, changed the league. They did. 
there's no question that they built the house. Mm -hmm. They built the NBA house. Jordan came in and put all the furniture and everything that was needed in the house. I think you said this last week, and you said it well about the draft and the NBA and how important big men were. Yeah, back and, then, yeah. You know, you had Olajuwon, then Sam Bowie, then Jordan goes third. Anyway, lottery, should there be a lottery in the NFL? Would that help prevent tanking? I think the answer is delivered directly from the NBA, where it doesn't seem to help at all prevent tanking. Right. But even though you're only going to get a 14% chance at the number one pick or whatever the odds are as you go down the line, you tell me, NFL, would that work or help? Hmm. Not that teams have done it. Obviously, the Texans didn't do it. They were trying to win everything, just couldn't do it down the stretch. You just wonder if... Until the last game. I just, I wonder if it'll, you know, there will, there are some teams that, I don't want to use the word tank, especially in football. Because the second you go out there to tank is when somebody gets hurt. Yep. And there's there's only so much you can do. You can't take your 46-man game day roster, 47, whatever it is, and just put in 46 or 47 new players. You can't do that. You're, the, the, the rules don't allow you. The CBA doesn't allow you to do that. So you got to play players that have been playing. And just you're going to tell them to stop playing hard. I mean, in basketball, you don't – you. It's just a different animal. So you can you, know, you can play guys, but then you could sit them and you could put five other guys out there. You can't do that. You can't do that in football. You don't yeah. even have the numbers. You don't have the numbers to do that in yeah. football. And, and I don't think it would work anyway. I don't think it would work. So I, it would no be, lottery. I don't want to see a lottery in the NFL. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. I don't like then it. you have lottery picks. And, uh, I don't yeah, know yeah, 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 no. Matt Ryan as a CBS analyst. Thoughts? Good. I think it'll go all, I think it'll go all right. I think Matt, Matt tells the story of the game pretty well. I think Matt's going to do very well. I, I want to say during a bye week or some sometime last year, I think he was on the CBS set, and it was good. It was good. And you hear him on Hard Knocks when he talks football. I remember him talking to his receivers. He walked into the receiver's room. It was the 2014 Hard Knocks. And he walked in the receiver's room, and they were talking about a particular play. And he was talking about how he saw it one way, but then he talked to them, and he saw it a different way. He goes, you guys are right. We're going to go with this. I, there's, I just think he's going to be pretty good conveying the message of the game, um, telling the story. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think, he, I, I think he'll be like he was as a quarterback. I don't know if he'll be the number one analyst, but I think he's going to be really solid and a good listen. You won't, you won't have him calling a game, and you're going, man, what is that? Because there are plenty of those guys. Yeah, There are plenty of those guys out there where you're like, what did he just say? And you're going to have him. I don't think you're going to have that. I think, is it going to be uh, Collinsworth or Aikman? No, I don't think so. Even if he gets on, you know, in the broadcast itself, because he's going to do studio, then he's going to do some. I think they'll eventually settle on him doing some game analysis, and that's where he's going to be. I think he'll eventually move to number two or number three as a game analyst uh, at this point. Playoff game on Peacock. What do you think? I'm okay with it. I stream everything anyway, so I kind of went through that whole like cord cutting and all that. So yeah, but do you get Peacock now? No, I don't. But if I want it, I'll go get it for four ninety nine a month. I'll get the game and then cancel it. So yeah, it's kind of an a la carte. I'll get I'll have to pay four ninety nine for the game. And, and you know what? And here's the thing: Peacock's wise to do it because how many fans are going to do that? Right. And then they're going to go to Peacock and go, oh wait, hey, they got this because they're going to promote the daylights during the broadcast Bingo. of everything right. else they have. Right everything else they have and so some people will be turned off by that but some people will be like wait a second they have this yeah oh 
Well, it's only four ninety nine a month. Well, I mean, they it's have a cup the of whole coffee. NBC universe behind them right. already. And if you have Xfinity, which I do, and I highly recommend, by the way. There you go. Uh, I think you already get it as part of it. Yes. You have to go to the app. But I've watched Yellowstone like that because Yellowstone is in a unique situation. They sold the first two or three seasons. They sold the digital rights before the big sale happened of the entire company. Mm. And then they realized, oh, wait a minute. These streaming rights are worth a lot. but They're really important to us. So the rest is on Paramount or something. And they might have changed that since. But they had a, a multi-pronged streaming situation between Peacock and Paramount, which are two different companies, obviously. Uh, but I watched a lot of Yellowstone on Peacock, and some of the streaming services, I like the way they do the ads. Some of them, yeah. and they vary, but you'll just see 60, and you can see the countdown. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, All right, I'll sit through a 60-second right. ad. You right. know, I was watching Yellowstone like that, and sometimes I need a little breather, okay? Yeah. It's good. I want to do a quick phone check, okay? 60 seconds, good. I'm back to the program. I mean, you're watching a playoff game. You're, you're for the most part, playoff games are... They're not staggered, or they're mm. they're staggered. I mean, so mm. that you are watching the live game. Yeah. So I think a lot of people nowadays. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just the one. But in a commercial, I'm on my phone anyways. So right. if I'm watching a game live, I'm just on my phone during a commercial. Oh, game's back on. So, I, you know, look, you're gonna have ads during an NFL game. So that's the way. So if I gotta pay 4.99 for that week, and then I'll check out Peacock at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. I mean, I it's a it's a what vente cup of coffee. Yeah, okay. exactly. That's cool. It's just the effort to me. The effort yeah. it takes to do it will prevent certain people from doing it. The fringe people who might have locked in it. We've talked about this. Yeah. I have this term I call drive-by viewing, where you're just scrolling around, mm -hmm. and not everybody does that anymore, but the older people tend to do it. Older, yep. anybody over 40, 45, you tend to still scroll and scan the channel yep. guide or whatever. Radio is the same way in your car sometimes. And with the TV stuff, oh, yeah, the playoff game is on. I'll check it out. Yep. I'm a fringe viewer, but I'll check it out. You're going to lose that with Peacock, just like Amazon did last year on Thursdays. This year on Thursdays, the slate is better yeah. for Amazon. We'll see how it works out, if it plays any better as far as total viewers. They did okay relatively for a first year, I thought, because, look, you got to make an effort to go over there. So I want to see how this plays out. I think what will be interesting, you know, John and Charlene, uh, my parents, God bless them. I, I need to talk to them about how, what, how did they find Amazon last year? Yeah, because I think if you can find Amazon, then you'll find Peacock. If you can find Amazon, you'll sit there and you'll watch the game. I think what you bring up is a great point, though. We grew up in an era where you flipped, you flipped like what's on this station, this station, this station, this station. Yeah, you flipped, and it wasn't so much going to the buffet menu. It was this. This is what we're giving you. Whereas. I'm not really sure what I want to watch. I'm going to go to YouTube and kind of go through all the different categories that I'm used to going through. Is there anything new? There's all that. It's just, it's doing it in a different form. But the fact that you can't go from, okay, this game is kind of boring. I got to get out of the app. I got to go over here. That, that's the one thing that I always kind of worry about with my parents, older generation, that, that sort of thing. Because they're just used to, well, it's all right here on my DirecTV. Or it's yeah. all right here on Xfinity. I got it all right here. I just hit the button. I go up and there's the... You know, there's the, the the guide, and I do all that. And now it's like, no, 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 you have to go get the app. The app's over here. You got to yeah. close out of that app and go over this app. So I remember flipping around analog TV mm -hmm. with cable with a yes. lot of channels, and it was like bang, 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 instant instead of this little tiny pause you get, which still tests yeah. my patience, which is weird. <laughs> all right, coming up, AFC South Talk. The Jags have to deal with something nobody else in the division does. We'll talk about that and other stuff. It's Texans Radio.
Texans Radio Fast and Furious segment. Fast and Furious Part 17. I don't know what part they're up to. I think it's 10 right now in those films. But we're not talking about that. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Johnny the Jags, they're going to redo the stadium, rebuild it, make it better, make it different, make it new. And they have to move out for a couple of years in all likelihood. Orlando has offered up their digs. Interesting. Can't How far worried. is Orlando from Jacksonville? Uh, it's about two and a half. It's interesting because everybody says, well, Disney's in Orlando, right? Well, Disney's south of Orlando. So it takes a little, it takes a while to get there because you got to go all the way through Orlando and then get to the other side and then get through Disney. Orlando itself, if I remember right, Camping World Stadium is on the north side, northeast side. A couple so hours. Closer. Yeah. So it's, it's not, not too great. bad. I mean, obviously you fly in Orlando. I, I wouldn't mind playing in Orlando. I don't love Orlando. I love going to Jacksonville. But what about the Jags fans? Would you rather have, well, you'd rather have the team in Orlando than full-time in London, which is going to be oh, difficult yeah, to yeah, pull yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you'd rather have that. I mean, you got road trips to go down there, but it's, look, it's two hours. you got plenty. It's not that bad. Yeah. Not that bad. You'll those, The Jags fans will be there, but they probably won't be, you know, obviously like it would be if it was a Jacksonville. But they but practice be there. at the stadium, though. Their yes, practice they do. facility is there, so that has to not exist They'll have to go somewhere else. Ooh, yeah. Temporary digs. Maybe they build a practice facility somewhere. But the timing of this with Trevor Lawrence's career is rough. It is rough because this is his window. Mm-hmm. And the timing of what Goodell keeps hinting at or yeah. people keep rumbling about. Maybe you get a division or a team or whatever in London and everyone's pointing to them. I mean, mm-hmm. they're playing back-to-back games there this year. So how does that affect things? I think they're in a tough spot. They're on the way up here with the talent. They're coming around, and now they got to go to London for two weeks here, but at least they don't have to play Buffalo there, and Peterson said that. Yeah, It's still tough, though. It's got to be difficult on the players, and then with this looming stadium construction. Look, the Titans are going to build one. I don't think they have to move out completely. I think they're going to keep their stadium up while they build the new place. Yeah, that new place is going to. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be inside, too, so we can avoid that weather. So three out of the four in AFC South just waiting on Jacksonville, but I don't think Jacksonville will do it. Jacksonville's needed a stadium for a long time. That stadium is outdated. Isn't that stadium, when they made the stadium for the expansion franchise Jaguars in 95, but wasn't the stadium the Gator Bowl already that was kind of overhauled? It was. They they tore it. They took it down to the studs. Oh, they did. All the way down to the studs to the foundation and then built it. So it was essentially a new stadium. It was just right there. And so that forced – but there was no NFL team there at the time. So they forced the Florida-Georgia game to go to campus for two years. Right. And so that's another thing that's got to – if they're going to do that in Jacksonville, they're probably going to have to take Florida-Georgia back to campus, which is weird because I've been in that game so many times in Jacksonville, but I've also been to it when it was in Athens. And that was kind of wild to see Florida and Georgia in Athens. Would so. it be unfair to put the Florida-Georgia game in Atlanta? Hmm. It's too close to Georgia, to I their mean, campus. Shoot, it's 45, you know, Jacksonville's 45 minutes, hour, hour or so from, from Gainesville. So, yeah. you know, so, so Georgia's got that for a couple of years. So, I, I mean. Maybe do one in, in Atlanta. Probably do it. And do one, do one in Orlando. That's not big enough, though. Maybe. Oh, and Orlando's got a big stadium. Oh, it's big enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Have it's a big Florida stadium. Georgia game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a okay. big enough stadium. I mean, it's 75, 70, 75. Oh, that's enough. Yeah, that that would totally be enough. Okay, totally be enough. So yeah, I mean, it we solved it. it. It'll be yeah, it'll be fun. Put one in Atlanta, put one in Orlando, and away you go. But I hate that it goes out of Jacksonville. But I'll be curious to see what they come up with, because uh, new stadiums nowadays, what they could build by the river, all that river property they could turn something into would be just 
See, that's why the Europe move doesn't make sense to me. They're building a new stadium, which yeah. the town needs anyway for the Gator Bowl and right. the Florida Georgia game and right. whatever Jags games they get, even if it's half a season with the London mm -hmm. component thrown in. But Shad Khan has said he wants to really improve downtown Jacksonville, so we'll see how it plays out. Anyway, that's it for the show. Quick segment there. This will be up on podcast soon enough. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for producing, Chris. Have a great night. Go Texans.